Yo, we're uh we're back with another episode of the Culture Connectors. A uh a long time coming because we've just been having guests on as of late. So it's uh it's nice to just have the the OG gang back. And uh we've been looking at the analytics. Apparently everyone uh kind of just prefers those two anyway. So it's uh interesting. Since it's been so long since we've talked just one on one without a guest, I think uh we can just look at this. We we usually have a note set up with a, a myriad of questions we ask our guests. So if you ever watch our, our TikTok shorts or YouTube shorts or videos and see us holding our phone, we're not being disrespectful. We're actually doing our best to uh, pay our respects by asking the right questions. But I guess I'm rambling. But I think the first thing, let me look at the note real quick. I think the first thing I have here for solo conversations like what 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 has been the biggest thing you've learned so far between the guests, our solo stuff, editing? Um, <clears throat> I think last time I said this or on another episode, I definitely said this. The scheduling is tough um, because you'll make a date with somebody and then like, I don't know, I'll have a, you know, I'll be hitting up guest A, for example. And I'm like, all right, let's do seven. And then you'll hit me up and be like, ah, this is actually not a good day. And I'm like, all right, what about this day? They're like, oh, the time's good, but the day's not. And then it's just a bunch of like tic-tac-toe of trying to get everyone's schedules to mesh. Um, but I think going forward, we'll probably just do like a like a group chat or something because my schedule is pretty much the same since I have, you know, a job and like, you know, set schedule for the most part mm-hmm, throughout mm-hmm. the week. Um so, you know, it's uh but I'd say that's probably the most difficult thing. The actual recording. The creating of questions, all that stuff, um, is pretty easy. And also, I guess tangentially to the scheduling is um, it sneaks up on you because we try and record to have episodes ready to go like in advance. So if we have a week where we don't have somebody on, we have at least a whole week of break, and then we realize, oh, it's the weekend, we don't have anybody, and then we got to record. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like right now, for example, we're luckily like a week ahead, so we basically have like two weeks. To either bring somebody else on or you know come up with new topics and questions but i think it's a lot easier too having just us two because we could really an hour before we could on monday morning at 6 a.m really sit down bust out an episode <laughs> and be done whereas with guests it's kind of like you know you got to do research yeah. and you know figure out what they um, you know background and all this other stuff so and the sneaking up on you thing is is really serious because there was a week i think it was either last week or two weeks ago we sh- we recorded three in a week, and now we're at a point now where we're only a week ahead. We're only a week ahead. Yeah, so it definitely seems something in that regard. But I mean, also we decided to chill out on the guest. So yeah. I think it's a like mentally, I don't even think about it. I'm just kind of like, oh, like we have to record at some point, but we have a whole week to do so. Whereas getting a guest is more frantic because it's like, you know, you don't want to bother somebody on the weekend, so it's usually during the week that you want to yes. record, and then you're like, oh, you know. You're only good on Friday or something like that. So this is Thanksgiving too. So um, I guess, yeah, this week is the week of Thanksgiving. So, um, you know, it's it'll be a little bit more lax. You know, people got like half days and stuff like that. So we might skip and not release on Monday. Maybe we'll, you know, let you guys have another week of, you know, back to the old grind um, and everything like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm just chopping it up. Yes, sir. And then in that, in that same breath, what are the biggest pros and cons you think of having guests? 
pros is definitely different perspectives. Um, the whole point we want to you know do is shed light on lanes uh, where you can. I don't want to say earning money is the goal, but a favorable way for other people to earn money because everyone has to work. And even if you love whatever you do, I'm sure LeBron gets tired of having to go to practice sometimes and things like that. You know, I'm sure he would love to just you know, chill some days and things like that. So just different lanes where you can, um, you know, earn money that you enjoy doing. And it's it's more than what a nine to five would necessarily pay you. And you know all that good stuff, and then a con, yeah. I, I mean, all my answers are just going to be scheduling, definitely yeah. scheduling. Um, I'd say coaxing answers sometimes. Luckily, we've gotten good with guests where they've, you know, they had the gift of gab and they, you know, just talked their heads off. But as we've seen in the past, like we've had guests where it's like these one-word answers are not really cutting it. Like we kind of want you to extrapolate. Um, but I think that's uh. A lot of our guests too, we don't have chemistry built with yet. Yeah. Whereas the last couple ones, um, like Torian, for example, he's just, you know, kind of natural. Uh Couch Taylor, of course, you know, relation. So also very natural. But I think Arden was one of those people, sorry to interrupt. Arden was one of those people as well who had the gift of gab. So even though there was not like a strong, strong, you know, we go way back chemistry, he was still able to to draw out uh detailed and well fleshed out answers. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, he's he's like tangentially in it. He's in media. He's in um, journalism. So for him, that's, you know, I think very easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going forward, I think um, I, I think sending guests to questions beforehand, too, is good because everyone says, oh, yeah, I'm good on the fly. And then they get in there and then we're like at 20 minutes and we're out of questions. And we're like, oh. So, yeah, I mean, what do you think? What, what's been one thing you've learned that, that the biggest takeaway we've gotten from a guest so far? And in, in all of our conversations up until this point, I wouldn't say a big takeaway. I think it's more of reminders. Um, uh, like Josh, uh, shout out Josh, the Kama. shout out Josh, and the um, well. which we call it. I'm someone who's like constantly thinking, always in my head, kind of just doing calculations and stuff. And he's the same way. So, a it was like a nice reminder of like, hey, you know, there's other people like you out there. And then two, just like, yeah, same thing that he was saying, like, just to relax, flow, be in the moment. Um, Cause that's where, you know, the true genius and everything kind of comes out. So kind of just reminders of like, whatever you're mulling around in your mind, like it's probably not that important. And just, you know, everyone talks about mindfulness. Um, I think mindlessness is probably more of what we need. Just like, yeah, just being open and receptive versus having all this chatter. And then, you know, you're missing the big picture. Recently, I, I liked our Arden podcast where mm-hmm. he, um, I think it's in that same breath is where it, it's like that that confirmation bias of people out there who are similar, you know, like a lot of these people we had conversations with are new to us. Mm-hmm. So hearing them drop gems like Torian's was, I'm not a Forex investor, but just hearing Torian's story was was refreshing. Yeah. Um, and then Arden, when Arden was mentioning how, um, uh, how he's a bit of a maniac. Um, that was kind of good confirmation bias because there there have been many things I can think of in my life where I was just extremely obsessive over it, and I'm I'm glad I can see someone who is from where I'm from making strides through their own obsession. You know, if that's a 
if that if I'm interpreting 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 that correctly. Yeah, no, I I uh, I agree. Um, I was actually reading somewhere that this was back in college. Um, even um, people who make like screenplays and I think directors to some degree, they a lot of the times they develop like mania because mm-hmm. they're so enveloped in the story and things like that too. Yeah. Um. So I think it's just kind of like a a feature of the brain where it's like to be really good, you need to be excessive, but at the same time, um, you know, I guess it can go overboard. Um, and I mean, actors, we always know actors have to do like therapy and stuff to, you know, get back to, Hey, I'm Heath Ledger, you know, rest in peace, not the Joker or, you know, I'm Denzel, not the equalizer. You're right. Yeah. And that, that, that I'm glad you mentioned mania cause this was further down in the podcast list, but I guess we could just jump to this for right now. Uh, mental health awareness. I think mental health is is, is serious, but not in a sense where it's serious. If that makes any sense, but it's like it is a serious topic, but people don't take it seriously. Okay, okay, I can I can get behind that. How how do you feel about mental health awareness? And do you think it's like a real thing to address in contemporary life, or is it just like another ploy by whatever? I think it's powers that be. I think it's a little bit of a shtick because, um, you know, on social media and stuff, it's kind of like that's a litmus test for people like, oh, do you go to therapy? But a lot of times, A, it's like it's like just another thing to like one up somebody on like, oh, I went to therapy. And it's like, well, you're still an asshole. Like, you know, so it doesn't <laughs> like you going, but it does, it's, it's not fixing anything. And then also it doesn't work for everyone. Um, it's actually a. Uh, psychologist that i i saw on twitter and he was saying that most therapy is kind of geared towards uh it's more receptive uh towards women and how they feel empowered and not really uh much so towards men so for example you know that that's a that's a prime example right there you know a man can go but he may not get what he needs out of it compared to like let's say a higher percentage of women um you know some people you know go to the gym some people hit the speed bag some people journal some people you know it's not a one-size-fits-all thing um it's a therapy thing so whatever your therapy is just make sure you employ it but therapy is therapy no matter what it is whether it's you know going fishing you know this that and the third what about um, retail therapy um i mean if you got it like that shit do it mm-hmm. um you know i i definitely think buying things for sure definitely is a little bit of a dopamine rush um but same thing you can go overboard and then you're like oh you know, five hundred dollars is gone right there, um, and things like that. So everything in moderation, as we, as we always say. Got you, got you. What do you think depression is? Um, I was just watching a podcast on this actually. Shout out Diary of a CEO, very good podcast. Um, and she had on, or he had on, sorry, a neuroscientist, and was basically saying, uh, for like negative events, like, excuse me. For anything in your life, you always kind of regress to the mean. And basically the topic was like habituation. So, you know, with partners and stuff, you need breaks to break that habituation. And like that, you know, when you eat your favorite uh, food every day, it stops becoming your favorite food. So same thing. So depression is just, a, at least in this context, is a longer, it's a, it takes a longer time to habituate and recover from, let's say, a negative event or something like that. Um but it's also it's also a good signal of like, hey, I'm not comfortable. I it, it's pushing you in whatever direction, you know, uh, a toxic relationship, a job, a this and that. So, um, 
yeah, I think it's I think it's a signal, but it's not something you're supposed to dwell in. But it's definitely a very real thing. Um, because there are some people where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm depressed for a little bit and they get out of it. There's other people where it's like, this is all I've known you as. And yeah, obviously, however your neural wiring is just kind of predisposes you to that. Um, and I'm sure it sucks. So I also feel for those people. This this is this is something I I, I kind of deal with myself, just thinking about it and and uh, understanding my own perspective on it. I mean, I'm glad you had that 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 uh, podcast information because that's definitely something I never verbalized before, never had verbalized to me. So it's good to hear that perspective. Um, I I I tend to consistently hear the adage of depression is all in your head. You know, and that's 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 one that I I can get behind it, but I can't understand the idea of someone being clinically depressed mm-hmm. because that's what you said. Like, this is all I've known you as. Mm-hmm. So this like it's it's like it's like Christopher Robin's getting sad versus Eeyore. Yeah, like Eeyore is just Eeyore. Yeah. Christopher Robin's could get upset in certain any situation given. You know, mm-hmm. um, but you know when I think of mental health in my current experience and just how I've lived my life, I think. I don't know. I think as we've evolved as humans, there could be something else that is affecting uh, each one of our psyches. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get too esoteric, but it's... I think moder- uh, well, to avoid the esotericism, I yeah. think modernity, for one, uh, being in front of screens constantly, all that blue light, um, not that... Uh, I think I didn't really notice it as much when I was younger, but now definitely like going to work in the city, there's so much stimulus. There's noise, there's tons of people, there's all these flashing lights and things like that. And like, um, you know, for the industry that I work in, you know, I'm around screens a lot and stuff like too. And it's like my, you know, I just get like headaches and, you know, disoriented from all these lights and things like that. So I definitely think, um, you know, people kind of, the, the evolution of technology, for one, is um, is a big topic because it's like literally what's in today is, in, is out tomorrow. So like the natural human psyche doesn't have time to catch up. And then you're always kind of like hurried or in a rush because it's like, oh, I got to stay on top of this or, uh, you know, I'm going to be obsolete. And then also, um, yeah, just removal from nature. Like, you know, there's so many times I've gone just for, you know, going for a walk, going whatever, putting your feet on the ground and you're like, you don't even remember what you were worried about. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, also just being in nature and things like that. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I love New York City. It's definitely the place to be. Um, you know, city I love, you know, and everything. But uh, you definitely need breaks and just going into, like, chill, low, quiet, natural sounds. And then you realize, like, oh, I don't have a sleeping problem. It's just that. There's, you know, all these frequencies and noises and sounds going on. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not really that anxious. It's just that I work in a city with a million people in the building. So, you know, I'm kind of always on edge and head on a swivel and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think those are my two cents. No, no, those are very good points too. When I find myself in, in Antigua sometimes, I mean, it's such a slow lifestyle. I mean, there's, you go to a beach, put your feet in the sand or what have you. And I just find myself understanding that. Yeah, that worry and stuff is like literally. Yeah. I've never worried anytime I'm on a vacation, 
in like a sunny tropical area like yeah it'll be boring and things um based on you know the way we were raised where we have so many things but i don't know just mentally like i just take things slower i'm like where am i rushing where am i going like yeah like you're here you're, you're away from well, not civilization but you're away from where you planted your roots yeah you don't have any of your 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 bad habits or your 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 um safety blankets for lack of a better term that you can rely on when you get bored you literally sit there with your mind and your thoughts and you and, and you just take a deep breath and realize like yo i'm, I'm here now I appreciate the moment yeah no exactly yeah. and that yeah i think that nowness you know that's enlightenment that people always talk about just to be here there's nothing nothing else elsewhere going on you're not going to miss out on anything like you know just chill so um and social media too i'm sure you know in 20 years there's going to be a bunch of studies out about oh yeah it's actually the worst thing the worst <laughs> thing smoking you know so um i've been taking breaks from that too just having even if it's positive information just having a stream of just so much information and thoughts yeah, and whatever definitely drive someone it's insane. uh yeah it's information overload for sure so um yeah i think just reeling it back if you live in like a big city for sure and you know just yeah just being here what do you think is we like, we were, were talking about this off the podcast you mentioned one time and it was such a great statement that conversation or conversationalism is a skill i want you to to expound upon that how i mean it might not be that deep but i can think of maybe providing examples or uh, uh highlighting some way someone could use just the gift of gab as a skill or just conversation in general yeah um one youtube channel i follow it's kind of the same thing as us like he's just a channel that like he just brings on guests and asks questions and every time you see his comment section it's oh my gosh you asked the best questions like i was literally thinking of this exact question this is the only thing that i wanted to know from this guest and he you know i'm sure he monetized it he's gotten you know gifts and and tips and all this other stuff so i think um yeah just it's um it's not something you you think about of like oh you just ask good questions but i mean if people want to listen to the questions that you're asking and things like i mean that's what the explosion of podcasting is just getting questions asked from experts or people you otherwise wouldn't meet or have in your in your circle so um yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely interesting and then especially um it, it extends into other areas of life you know charisma you know being good with whatever you know uh sex you're attracted to getting job promotions uh leading a team like all this other stuff so gift to gab is definitely helpful um it's very rare that the person who's just quiet all the time you know goes the farthest you need to know how to speak and more importantly when to speak um you know at some point right 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 okay i mean i have one more question here on this thing and then you could jump away, jump into what you have in this in this note but I, I i was thinking one time like since we're doing a, a entrepreneurial business podcast and I, I just thought about the buddha randomly and i was like uh the buddha was born into uh esteem wealth and then wanted to give it away and he ended up forming a whole religion around it. Um, why do you think, I mean, you probably know, but I'm like, why do you think he did that? And do you think he did it out of jealousy or was it, was he jealous of the freedom these, these people may have had? Some, I remember in an earlier podcast, we talked about some of the homeless people being the most freest people. Mm -hmm. 
So do you think Buddha was jealous of that? Or do you think he really wanted to change the world? I think um, he probably just, you know, it's just like a memoir of his time and his experience of everything. It was like, hey, these are tips and things that I've learned. And, um, you know, everything is a teacher, um, more or less. So you have, I guess, these dichotomies, the rich man and the poor man who struggles every day. And yeah, I guess there is like some sort of weird inverse of like, you know, richness and fear versus material wealth and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's just, you know, kind of just, you know, podcasting for his time, basically. of Like, hey, this is what I've noticed. Um, this works, this doesn't, you know, and just took, you know, an extrapolated sample. And he's also, he's not speaking from a, a status above anyone, you know, right, for the profits right. of other um, religions or spiritual practices. It's kind of like, I'm, I'm a teacher. You can get to this level, but I'm already starting above you, whereas the Buddha was more of like, nah, I started just like you. Um, and then this is, you know, how I got my path. I like that. Yeah. yeah and, it's a, and it sounds like he just kind of just on a whim, it was just like spark, like, you know what, this doesn't seem right to me. So I'm going to, pursue what you know he eventually ended up becoming okay all right i'm i'm gonna take a back seat anything you want to mention anything here or the the skill sets or the employer stuff yeah no no, no. i'll um i'll hop into this um and we can we can make this one a short one i don't think we've had a yeah it, 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 it ain't gotta be a whole hour it's just us. yeah i don't think we've had an episode shorter than 40 minutes for a while so um i'd say these, I haven't read these articles in a very long time, but these are from the, uh, the New York Times. So basically, um, one second. Here we go. So, and these are new benefits that employers can offer. So I guess we'll kind of just like hash it out and kind of just go back and forth on, you know, what, um, you know, the pros and cons of each or, you know, if you, you as an employee, what would you, would you like it? So, uh, benefit number one would be proactive managers or just, you know, I guess good managers, because a lot of people complain about managers. So mm-hmm. in your experience, you know, kind of go through that and think about a good manager you've had versus a bad manager and you know, the difference in your quality of work. Oh, bro, that's a great question. Yeah, I like that one. Managers are managers are the backbone of an employee's work experience mm-hmm. because you're not going to meet the boss. Yeah. You're not going to meet the CEO unless you yourself are working up that hierarchy. Yeah. But when it comes to a manager now, um, I think if I understood the question correctly, hands-on versus hands-off. Yeah. It's it's hard to to say what a hands-on versus hands-off manager would look like for me personally. Because mm-hmm. I've uh I've worked a plethora of jobs. I think I've worked mostly, not mostly retail, but like retail, service-based, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the best managers are hands-off in a laissez-faire kind of way. You know, like they'll they'll make sure that they're doing their job because they're also getting paid by somebody. But I think what makes them so good is how they approach maintaining decorum in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So you could have a hands-on manager who is just like a you know a a, a bumbling, yelling word, you know, <laughs> and it, and that will make the experience miserable. But you could have someone who does, who does the same amount of work in the same uh, workplace or a different workplace who just words things differently or 
implements policies differently. And um, yeah, I find that that being hands-on doesn't have to mean everyone is always doing the right thing. It just means knowing who's doing the wrong thing and how you can highlight that without embarrassing somebody, without having to um, take extreme action initially because you know, I heard this one uh, very, very deep quote one time from an elder of mine. And he was like, I was just stressing about a job or some shit. And he was like, always remember that job needs you more than you need them. You know, and I, I noticed every, ever since I heard that, I noticed like jobs will hire you. Like you can fail the background check and they'll hire you Yeah, sometimes, you know. So that's just my two cents on that. Gotcha. And then. Second one is teams decide the compensation. Teams? Yeah, the team itself decides what the team gets paid. That's an art. That was in the article. Yeah, like <laughs> the new benefits employers can offer. Teams decide. So it's like unionizing without unionizing. Yeah, basically, and obviously, like it's not just like oh, we're gonna pay our, all of us like a million dollars. It'll probably be like a, you know, submit a. Uh, case study thing of like what do you think is fair based yeah. on the job whatever blah, blah, blah. yeah I, I like that i like that i think um that definitely gives uh power back to the workers power to the people i also think that what a lot of places lack and jobs I've, i haven't liked in the past i mean i've, I've liked most of my job I, I like the idea of working i like to work yeah sometimes i just don't like the idea of either a commute or the work environment, i.e. how my coworkers are treated mm-hmm. or how coworkers treat other people, you know? Um, but that's a whole different story and it's not even that deep. But I think the idea of that would kind of form some more cohesion in the workplace. Yeah. And I, I, I love a nice cohesive workplace. You know, you don't have to be friends with everybody, but I think what makes a nice workplace is reminding what people are doing the the job for mm-hmm. and also yeah just having like like i have i have this one job where we have a whatsapp group chat you know mm-hmm. and just having that whatsapp group chat even though it's strictly job related the idea of of having you know little one-liners inserted here or there that are still work appropriate makes the workplace feel like a living breathing entity not just you know, cash cow, like it was just something you're milking for money, you know? Yeah. But I like that idea a lot. Okay. And then including older workers. So I guess there's, you know, a lot of ageism in the workforce. So kind of having teams that have, you know, someone who's, you know, in their 60s or something instead of just, oh, you know, that 50-year-old cut off and then you know, they're getting kicked out and stuff. Uh, Especially because there's a lack, a lot of, there's a big lack of qualified individuals for certain things. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, you're going to X out the guy who's got 20 years of experience doing cloud or whatever, because you know, you're going to have to pay him a ton. Um, and also, I don't know, maybe some guys are always oh, going to be slow or always oh, needs extra help or, you know, bigger screen or something like that. Well, here's how I look at it. References the same other job I mentioned. Um, Older people in the workforce are definitely necessary, mm-hmm. but it's a caveat. It, I wouldn't say you hire someone to do a job mm-hmm. that they have never done before yeah. once they're 75 years old. Yeah. 
But if someone has been in that job for 20, 30, 40 years, and then they're that old and they refuse to retire, more power to them because the the especially when you have harder jobs mm-hmm. or like more more manual jobs or or more labor intensive or more cerebral anything that's harder to do mm-hmm. and you have veterans in that thing veterans become even more important yeah. because although they don't have the 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 physical capabilities to do the a lot of the stuff anymore they may have carpal tunnel they can't type anymore they got back problems or hip problems respectfully I'm not trying to make fun of old people but this that that experience and knowledge of of how to do the job becomes so important to people who are younger mm-hmm. that that in and of itself could benefit the company more than just having bodies, which yeah. is what a lot of companies are doing nowadays, making sure they have enough bodies to fulfill and and, and, and complete the necessary tasks mm-hmm. on a timeline. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Um, and then shout out Europe because I guess they employ this at least the best that I've seen better time off better time off oh I I don't I it's hard for me to speak on better time off because the way I currently work my time off is beautiful mm-hmm. um, well th- alright I'll give you the, the corporate way so it's pretty much two weeks off so like 14 vacation days, then like four personal days, and then maybe like three sick days. So in total, it's like three weeks of total time, two of which are vacation, and then the others are, you know, just regular. I don't know. Um, better vacation time. I, I mean, yeah, we all need a break, I guess. I guess that's why they hire so many people because they can't give everyone a long break. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it all depends on what you do with it, you know. I think, or what one does with it. I think, I think working gives people a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. So, if if someone's working at a job just for money, and they want just the money, and they want time off because like it gets, it gets tiresome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives them time off. Um, the more time off, I think. Here, I saw this. This is. This is I'm. I'm glad I drew this reference. I saw this post on Instagram one time. Um, I forgot who it was, but it was an older lady, and she said something very wise. It wasn't she? Wasn't that much older, but she was saying that workplaces tend to hire people who lack entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes down to it, companies refuse to keep on paying, or her, or she specifically mentioned this, but I, I can find a situation where other people think the same thing. Um, employers fail to hire people with entrepreneurial spirit because they refuse to train someone new every three months. Yeah. You know? So I think the two weeks off and then the sick days or whatever, I think... We still follow the archaic model of Henry Ford. And I don't think Henry Ford wanted to give people breaks because yeah. he wanted to make the most money possible. Well, actually, no. I mean, he did say for his workers, they, I would, they, the people who build my car should be able to afford one. So the price point he made was affordable. So I don't think he was exactly like, oh, yeah, work, you know, work to the bone. Okay. So he wasn't one of the evil robber barons. Okay. 
Okay. But the entire infrastructure of the U.S. is built around cars, and it's not optimal all the time. Um, I think people kind of just defend it because it's like that's what they're used to. But at the same time, um, you know, I mean, we've seen the bullet trains in Japan. We've seen other stuff. There's other modes of transportation that are also that's also just infrastructure. Yeah. But I think I, I was I was rambling on that answer, so I had to think about it. But I think <sighs> more time off is cool. But I, I don't know, because like if if someone wants more time off, they can find a job that gives them more time off. No, but that's what I'm saying. The market is kind of that. Like no matter where you go, unless you work a like a, a retail job where you can just take more paid time off. Um, most jobs that like are corporate or whatever, you're, yeah, you're kind of beholden to them of like, yeah, you're kind of beholden to them. Of, but like, teachers, look at te- teachers get whole summers off. Yeah, but teachers also have dog pay. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can take less pay for more time off. Well, I mean, yeah, but then you can't like afford basic necessities. Like it's 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 two sides of the same coin. Teachers are complaining about the low pay. But then people would just be like, oh, we'll just get a better paying job. And then the people who have better paying jobs are like, hey, we should have more time off. And they're like, oh, just get a job that affords you more time off. And it's like, it doesn't exactly work like that. Like, what can, they, call it? they call it a cash 22, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like the market can just change. Like, you don't, like, why, why am I only have two weeks off if, like, I come into the office and there's weeks that go by where I don't have anything to do. Like, what do you, what do you mean? I can't get more time off, mm. you know? So it's, um, you know, so the, the third option is, yeah, just build your own job with entrepreneurship. Yes, there it, it is. Makes your own, but you know, but in the business world, business owners know what 50% of businesses fail. 60% of businesses. I think it's 80. Yeah. 80% of businesses fail. 50% of restaurants fail. And then, you know, it's a it's a different kind of stress. I mean, there's months where it's like, okay, I made, I broke even, and I had to eat ramen noodles. And then another month is I made 100k. So it's like, you know, it's a it's a big risk to do that. And that kind of branches off. I know we're, we're past the half hour mark, but I think you just got me going because I, I like I like understanding about money, even though uh, I don't have a lot of it. But um, but this shit just okay, cool. Yeah. So, but there was a point in time where I would just. Every time I got like I, I could get a dollar, I'm putting 33 cents in the S and P. That's how into understanding just financial growth I was. I mean, S and P is baseline investing stuff, but I mean, for someone who has no financial background historically, I mean, it was such a new. Uh, the word I'm looking for is frontier for me fiscally and just in general. I like learning about new stuff. But um, how do you feel about the fire movement? You know what the FIRE movement is? Uh, I don't think I've heard of it. FIRE, it's a financially independent retire early. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah, um, it's those people who live super frugally. Like the, you'll, It's like it's like you know Tom, Dick, and Harry. Mm-hmm. They all ride their bikes to work in the same uh, JCPenney t-shirt and jeans yeah. seven days out of the week. It's a new pair, but it's the same. Drip, I mean, that, that but, could... they st- but they're sitting on three mil in assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people are doing that. And I think, you know, there's multiple ways to skin a cat or, you know, different ways to the mountaintop. I think, yeah, kind of do what works for you. Um, I mean, the same thing on the entrepreneurial side. It's pretty much like two sides of the same coin. An entrepreneur is going to tell you as a young 
person, hey, you know, skip out on the party, skip out on the this and that to, um, you know, focus on your future, building whatever product, service, you know, if you're a trader or whatever, focusing on that. And then the frugal thing is the same thing. It's, you know, skipping out on these events to then, um, you know, just invest, invest, invest until your investments can like kind of pay for your lifestyle. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, the caveat would be like, if you're just going to still have a frugal lifestyle when you're retired early, that's like no way. Yeah. And I think also, like, yeah, I don't work, but I still have to eat like the genre of lifestyle. And I think the drawback too about those, those fire movement people, they are different kinds of fire. The whole fire movement, you have barista fire, you have the original fire. I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but I think what accelerates that ascension towards financial freedom is your pay. So if someone's making 20, 30, 40K, imagine how frugal someone would have to live to understand, okay, I want this much, this much, this much, but I can't because mm -hmm. I'm just chatting right now. I don't know too much about it. But I think there's one thing I like about the FIRE movement that is kind of my North Star at, at points and times when I remember it. Um, just know your freedom figure. You ever heard of the freedom figure? Yeah, like how much you need to retire at whatever your expenditure yeah. is going to be or whatever it is now. Yeah, and it, it, it gets a little deeper with the idea of the, the investments and assets. So let's say someone needed like uh, 40K annually to live happily. Mm -hmm. I think the freedom figure of that would be like 1.5 mil or something, 1.4 yeah. mil, because you could just live off of the the capital gains or the returns yeah. off of the 1.5 mil in yeah. the S&P. Yeah. You know, so stuff like that's pretty cool. Bowtide, um, Bowtide, Bow, Bowtide, somebody, the guy that I sent on Twitter, he said, I mean, at least from a money perspective, he's like, life is kind of just like a video game to just speed run to like seven to 10 million in assets and then just chill from there. Um, and then I saw somebody else comment of like, yeah, basically, like, and, you know, still work to some degree because, like, what else are you going to do? You're going to go crazy just, like, doing nothing all day. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the it's the most enjoyable thing to do compared to something else where it's, like, you're on somebody else's time. Or da -da 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 -da. So I, um, I can kind of agree with that because, I mean, we've had this conversation before. Like, I don't know how those billionaires and people born into money do it. I'd be so bored, like, just, just I want to do something and. I can do it and like you know there's no there's no sense of like earning or that's like that's like playing pokemon and then professor oak is like here are your first three pokemon pick one actually no pick three and they're all level 100 yeah max stats play the game yeah or oh, like, look a level one weedle yeah yeah or like you'd have to probably um yeah, just do like a bunch of different hobbies where it's like, okay, like, yeah, now I have a sense of like, I'm getting better and, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, yeah, if, if I have that sort of money, I think my goal, I mean, yeah, just kind of the opposite. Like once you reach the mountain top of, well, let me bring up some other people because this is going to take some time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there's that. And then I think we can end the podcast on this last question, on this last part of it. Um, yeah, it's actually crazy. We're not, we weren't even expecting to like touch it on an episode. <laughs> no, you got me going with that money talk a little bit. Up doing it. Um, and then the last benefit employers can offer is socializing more than just like the holiday party. So like a group trip to, I don't know, Disney World or a camping trip or, you know, something that's just not 
the holiday party and then they're like, oh, you don't drink and then you're not being a team player. <laughs> you know, stuff like chuck, that. Chuck, chuck. <laughs> and then you're, you know, you're grinding on your boss and then, you you know, you realize she's married. And then, yeah. Um, like I said earlier about the whole like group chat stuff, it's all, of, I think unity is important and just cohesion and just knowing that the person to your left is not going to do some some nonsense to get you fired mm-hmm. or on the inverse the person to your right is going to do everything in their power to make sure you succeed yeah and that's why i i I'll also circle back to the the old people or the older people in the workplace i mean when someone sees um and this job i work right now been there for a while but i have an off season i like the job a lot actually and there are older people there who because they've been there for so long, they don't really deal in the frivolous dealings of the complaining and the X, Y, Z because they're sanctioned. They don't care, but they've been there for so long. Mm-hmm. And they just like, it's like, it's like having a whole bunch of Santa clauses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like, there's no need to stress. I have all the knowledge here. Let me show you how to do it because I'm retiring soon. I don't have to lift these bags because we operate on something that I think a lot of people are lacking in the workplace and that's mm-hmm. respect. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's a, it's a, I think most businesses should be respect based businesses. Yeah. You know, like respect the customer, respect the employee. And I think what I think now that I'm, I'm extrapolating on it. I think what made me dislike a lot of my previous jobs that I haven't stayed long enough was because of how disrespectful certain instances at that workplace could be mm-hmm. whether it be the manager disrespecting an employee whether it be a customer disrespecting an employee or employees disrespecting each other you know it was just and and i and i i, I fell prey to it because it, it, it affects me sometimes or i i want to snap back at times when some things happen but you know i think it's best when it's up when it's all respect and all love those situations are few and far between, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It's a solid, solid episode. Um, being that this is Thanksgiving, I um, guess we'll, you know, kind of end the episode on a, on a thankful note. Um, definitely thankful for all my healthy friends and family. Um, thankful for um, gainful employment. Thankful for health, physical, mental, uh, spiritual, and otherwise. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Um, thankful for the culture connectors. Thankful for the guests that we've had um, up to this point. Um, thankful for Oda. Shout out Oda. Shout course. out Oda, of course. Um, One Piece is getting real spicy. If you're if you're into that sort of thing. Um, thankful for the new Andre 3K album. That that put me in a nice, calm, peaceful zone. So if you're if you're feeling a fracas right now, if it's kind of you know the monkey with the symbols going on in your head, I definitely recommend you know you listen to that. You know, relax. Remember. Calmness is the number one thing that's, you know, that'll get you anywhere. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think I'll add a few more. Thankful for, I just want to reiterate this one. This is so important. Thankful for my healthful friend, health, healthy friends and family. Uh, thankful for my loved ones. Thank you for all the things I've managed to amass in this material world that helped me. Uh, be a benevolent human being and, and, and just just know that uh, I have it a lot better than a lot of people. 
So I'm just thankful for that. Thankful for life. Thankful for um, the podcast. Thankful for people and love and yeah, and the support that I've been getting since I've been a creative my whole life. So I'm just very grateful for most things and everything, you know. So that's it for me. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the uh, Culture Connectors. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving and subsequent. And uh, we'll catch you next week. All right. Peace. Peace. Uh, uh, uh.